We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. We are back. Sitting courtside, you are with Christy and Gabe. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim, on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. Gabe, oh my goodness, it's a golden time of year for USA basketball, the women's team, seven consecutive gold medals and five consecutive. For Bird and Tarasi, I mean, it's just, it's mesmerizing just to think about it and how they got it done. Amazing. It felt, it felt like a dream in part because we hadn't slept for a week, <laughs> so like straight before that. So it kind of felt like a dream. No, it was, it was a beautiful um, sight to, to see USA basketball accomplish this goal. And you could see how much it meant to the team because it, it, it was like this, it was this very special time, right, of, of when we have Bird and Tarasi and they're kind of mm-hmm. riding into sunsets and, and Sylvia Fowles, for that uh, matter, who's this might this she's she's actually said it's her last games. Um, yeah. But, you know, competitors like this, you can never believe them the first time they say it. Um, but <laughs> t- seeing those three who have really come to define USA basketball get this one, which felt tougher this one felt tougher because of the, the year-long wait. You know, it, we had some injuries coming in. We didn't look as strong coming in. They didn't have enough, much time to practice. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of – it, it kind of felt like this one um, took more. And it's right. appropriate. It's appropriate to have these great competitors in what could be their last Olympics because right. I don't believe – I also don't believe Bird and Tarasi. Well, actually, <laughs> Tarasi said we're going to see you in Paris. She um, did. Which I think we're kind of, or I think we're thinking it's a joke. I don't know. I don't. The Diana Taurasi does not strike me as someone who who makes a lot of jokes like that. <laughs> right. Well, I told you that that um, I'm going to Paris, and I'm not joking about that. So maybe you know she's not joking either about being there. I'm sure. I'm sure she'll be there. I don't know how much she um, will <laughs> is be. Is gonna play. Is gonna. I don't think she. I don't know if she wants to play. Well, she wants to. We'll see. If she wants to play, she's gonna be on the team. But we'll talk. We'll talk about that. I want to keep it on the on the gold medal game though. Just like sure, sure, sure. After after that, and and after the game against Japan, where Brittany Kreiner was dominant, the U.S. Yeah. was. It, it was kind of like the. They they really looked like the Goliath team USA that we think about. Mm-hmm. It was just so beautiful to see everyone up there. And and the USA team, the Japan team, they were both so proud of their performance, and and you know everyone. It, it was just kind of like this is how basketball is supposed to feel. It's supposed to feel yeah. like this. Like you know, it, yeah. it's hard to separate out that heartbreak when you lose. Um, but I'm really glad Japan 
was able to do that and give us this moment where it felt like, you know, we were all we were all happy and proud of what we accomplished. No doubt. You know, that that really was special to see. I mean, obviously, when the U.S. team stepped up to receive their medals, I mean, you know, uh, if you know me well, you know that my eyes were full of tears. Mm -hmm. My face was smiling as hard as possible. Uh, My soul was happy, you know, because the sacrifice was immense. Uh, by all of the athletes in Tokyo this year. I mean, their families couldn't be there. There's so many outside things that um, were distractions to the task at hand. And for them to have those distractions and then come out and have that gold medal wrapped around their necks. I mean, it was just amazing to watch that story unfold and, and the ending of a movie, if you will, um, in that way, especially for Bird and Tarasi. It was incredibly special but when you're talking about the the two washington mystics players and ariel atkins her first time as an olympian and tina charles her third time as an olympian three gold medals for tina charles i mean tina charles had those tears in her eyes and i mean it was joy and relief and all of that mixed in with all the sacrifice we were just speaking of but you know, Coach Tebow said that Tina Charles had mentioned that she would probably be the first mm-hmm. one to shed a tear, you know, oh, okay. and and it wasn't it didn't look like it was a sad thing. I think she was just in the moment feeling the the joy, the pride, the relief, as I said, and um, just to experience that for a third time. I mean, what a what a beautiful moment that was. And then the camera just got right up on Tina Charles, and you could just feel every single emotion that she was going through at that time. And it was probably 10 or 15 different emotions, mm. but they were all unfolding right before our eyes. And, and Ariel Atkins just, you know, she called it a God moment, you know, just mm-hmm. I, she worked so hard to get there. But then now, wow, it, it was just uh, it was just fun to see that. But when the Japan team, when they were smiling after losing that game, that was really something. And I will, I will keep that with me because, you know, you, you try to set goals for yourself and, and not just to win games, but if we can't be first, we're going to be second. <laughs> and they, and if, if that's what it was for them, I mean, they had joy also, even in losing. And I think there's a lesson in that as well. And I still haven't come to grips with exactly how to express mm-hmm what that is, but that's different. Not everybody, like you said, can crack a smile after, after not winning gold, but you could tell that they knew that they had made their mark in the Olympic games this summer. No, I, I think it's, um, you know, not, not to be indelicate, but they did get blown out in the gold medal game. So I think they had time to kind of process, okay, we're not going to win gold, but what we accomplished here was exactly. special and important. And that's something, and, and, and it is, it's difficult to be happy. I'm sure they were hurt, obviously. I mean, you, any basketball player, especially at yeah. this level, you're not yeah. going to be happy after you lose a game, but to, to be able to put it in perspective and in context of what you accomplish, it, it was mm-hmm. cool. Cause you don't see that, right? Like you don't see, we didn't get to see the Suns, for example, in the NBA finals this year, a couple of months, a month ago, actually, yeah, like, a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember. <laughs> Feels but, like a month ago, but it wasn't that long. <laughs> but they, you know, we don't get to see them celebrate that because they, they, they feel the loss. Right. And you can go back to, yeah. you know, the WNBA finals last year with the aces, you know, we, we only saw them sad because you're still processing that loss when it happens. But I think to, to get a moment where we see happiness in accomplishing something, you know, you're never going to, everything's not going to, Sometimes you don't reach that the high goal, but like you're saying, if you're not first, you're second. And being second is nothing to scoff at or be upset about. And I think it's a really good lesson for us as basketball fans to think about. You know, it's not just the only there's not one team that does everything one year, right? There's there's not just the champion and everyone else. I know some people right. and some coaches, and I'm sure you, Christy, have had this <laughs> mentality in the past. Right. So maybe a little. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Everyone who's a competitor does, but I think having being able to see that is a great lesson to feel, okay, we accomplished something. It may not have been everything we wanted, but it was, uh, it was a lot. And when you look at what this Japan team did in particular, where they took their country's basketball program at home mm-hmm. in front of all yes. the other athletes from Japan in that stadium yes, was, was wonderful. I mean, in the, mm-hmm. every moment that Japan had, you could tell the other people, the other Japanese uh, athletes in that stadium rose up and wanted to, and wanted to, you know, be a part of it. I thought it was so, it was so cool uh, to me. A moment of the games was right after that, that gold medal and everything, yeah. everything. I think the, the thing I will remember the most is um, right after that gold medal match, seeing both teams celebrate. Uh, and then for the U S yeah. too, I, one thing I really liked, cause everyone has, you know, we talked, you talked about Charles, you talked about Atkins, we talked about Byrne, Tarasi, but every single one of these players has sacrificed a ton on this journey. No doubt. Here. And then to see them, because of COVID, obviously, no one's putting the medal on you. So your right. teammate had to put it on you. I, I just I love that. I feel like we should yeah. keep that. That was special. Yeah. To You get your medal from a teammate, and then you get to turn around and give mm-hmm. it to someone else. I, I just thought that was, that was really cool and neat and, mm-hmm. and poignant. Poignant? Poignant. To see that. <laughs> Um, it was beautiful, and I think that's mm-hmm. something. I hope I hope that's something you keep because I think that's a great memory to look into your teammates' eyes and have them give you your reward for all that sacrifice. It was beautiful. It was beautiful, and was. and and I think they understood. Like each player understood, like you said, the sacrifice of that moment coming to fruition. They knew that they did it together. They knew that they were teammates. They they knew that they were fighting for the same goal and got it. I mean, it was just very profound. And another profound visual that I won't soon forget is Don Staley and Asia Wilson hugging each other at the end yeah. of that game as well. And, you know, I, I just, the journey that they've been on, I mean, from the recruiting process to South Carolina, to the WNBA, to now USA basketball winning gold together. I mean, what a storybook that is for those two. And, and what they have gone through and what they have, um, what they've been able to accomplish a national championship. And now this gold medal together, it, it, you know, just those little, there's so many storylines and yeah. pockets, uh, Skylar Diggins Smith, you know, with her baby and her family. And, uh, I mean, just carrying the car seat and, you know, yeah. to Las Vegas and, you know, just, there's so many things to, to remember about these games. And I think um, Candace Parker posted something uh, prior to the gold medal game. And I love Candace. And um, she said, you know, there's nothing like the Olympics. I mean, she has two gold medals, right? There's nothing Mm -hmm. like the Olympics. And I believe uh, not verbatim, I'm speaking here, but um, you know, take pictures, but also take the mental pictures as well, because there's nothing like it. And I mean, I think even that stands true for the fans. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, Coach Tebow for the Washington Mystics said that when Tina and Ariel got their medals, he was taking pictures of the screen, <laughs> of his TV well, screen. I ultimate mean, he's so dad proud. move. Uh, of course, you know. And I mean, how beautiful is that? Like, yes, you have those snapshots, but you also, like when we're recollecting all of these memories when the buzzer went off and the emotion of that moment for all of the players, Dawn Staley and Asia Wilson and, and Skylar Diggins Smith and you know all the players Diana and, and and Sue. I mean, those are things that you can recall mentally, and you're going to hold on to those. And and it really was a beautiful sight to see. Whether you have it in your phone or you have yeah. it in your mind, just to recall it. And I mean, it just brings a smile to your face. Indeed, and we could I we could talk about the beauty of this. And this was, it, it represents so much of why I love basketball um, right after that. Uh, and I do want to give a quick shout out to France who won uh, the bronze. Yes. Looked yes. very good in that bronze medal game. And they are home for the next Olympics in 2024, where Christy and I will be. <laughs> We're going. Apparently with Diana Taurasi. I'm but there. Darn it. <laughs> I, we can't, we, you know, it. I know it's uh, it's weird, but I'm I'm always looking ahead, so I want to look ahead to 2024 to the Paris Games, right. where where Christy and I will be. She'll be in her 
her a hotel right by the Eiffel Tower, right. which she sent to me. It looks lovely. I'll yep, be waving at her from, from the ground <laughs> level because I'll be staying in some shack in the city somewhere. Whoever will have me, I will sleep on your couch. But I, I want to look more importantly at who's going to be on this USA team in 2024, just three years from now, um, and talk about who's going who's gonna to be on the team. I wrote an article for our newsletter, herhoopstats.substack.com. You should go check it out. I think it's pretty good. I also wrote it, so I'm a little biased. Uh, you it's can great. Also, it's you great. Can also, you guys have to check it out. <laughs> you guys can also check me out on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. Make sure to follow at her hoop stats on Twitter for all the latest and greatest stuff going on uh, from us. And Christy, where can people find you on Twitter before we get into who's going to be on the Olympic team in 2024? Absolutely. Hey, at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, W Scott 51 on both Twitter and Instagram, IG. I guess no one says Instagram, but IG. That's it's, IG, it's IG now. It's IG. I okay, I guess I keep it short. Instagram, <laughs> it's, that's three syllables. It's way too long for the that's kids. That's too much. That's too much. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I made all my predictions there and I explained um, my reasoning behind this. And I think my first, the first thing I want to run by you is, do you think this team, this group that we had in Tokyo is going to be lar- mostly returning if they want to, if they're healthy with all those disclaimers, if they're playing, do you think that um, most of this group will be back? Cause I, when I was in my article, I said, mm-hmm. yes, I think most of this group is going to be back. I know Don Staley is, is heading out as head coach. I know that Carol Callen is heading out as USA team director. So it's, it could be uh, a situation where there's going to be big changes to how they do the selection process but Team USA has relied on past Olympians in in the past three games, 2012, mm-hmm. 2016, and um, and 2020. So I'm guessing it'll, it'll remain somewhat the same. So my first question is, do you think that, that largely this group is coming back? I think so. I mean, I, I think that this was as challenging as any of the other Olympic mm-hmm. summers have been, especially obviously for the WNBA schedule and having to basically not have the same training time as the, the other teams. But when you're looking at the, the six new players to the Olympic roster for Tokyo's team, I think they're definitely coming back in three yeah. years time. Right. So, I mean, this time we had to wait five years for the Olympics. And that was a little sketchy because, you know, we have Bird and Tarasi who were making their their fifth consecutive run. So they had to wait an extra year for that. That's tough. Right. So now you only have a three year gap. And I think that makes it a lot easier, especially for the newbies, the six new players to, you know, stay engaged with what it Mm -hmm. takes and in terms of the routine, in terms of you know, obviously the WNBA season going on, but staying in those USA camps and and keeping that chemistry that they've developed and keeping the things that they learned from this experience. I oh, think yeah. that can't that you can't you can't I don't know, you can't retool that. You can't get that somewhere else. Like that's that's an invaluable piece that USA basketball needs to keep in place, right? I, I think that those six players would be terrific and I think you know my youngest son Jordan he he loves NBA he loves WNBA and you know I'm always watching so he's watching <laughs> and he comes in <laughs> the better. room but right so you know the 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 3x3 team you know and Kelsey Plum and how yeah. dominating she was you know you have to think about players like that being added to the national team and he was like why didn't she make the national team and I'm like you know what <laughs> you know, well, it, she it, was she was hurt. I think I think the Achilles set back that Olympic team, and, and but you know it's it's a hard discussion when you look at this roster, and I, we will get to we will get to Kelsey yeah. Plum. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, no, he's right. I, I think that three on three team that, that's another interesting topic for mm-hmm. who's, for the twenty twenty four Olympics. That I did not tackle. I was only talking about the five on five team, the three x three team. Um, I wonder what they're going to start doing with that. Cause I could see, yes. 
I could see that being almost a training, not not training ground, but a way to get four players they think are going to be on the Olympic team in the future. Right. A good shot at chemistry if they if they fit into what the team needs to do to win gold, obviously. Mm-hmm. But if they can mm-hmm. win gold and develop chemistry in hopes of either being on the five on five roster, continuing on the three x three, I think that'd yeah. be great. I think that'd be great. Um, but back to the five on five. So I agree with you. Most of this team's going to be back. So this is what I got. So I have locks to make the team: Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson. That's easy. Period. That's the future, <laughs> yeah. that's the future of USA basketball uh, until they retire, yeah. hopefully decades from now. Okay. So right. that's, those two are easy. The rest, my dog's going crazy. The, okay. vir- uh, that have virtual locks who are basically all the players you mentioned. So Nafisa Collier, Jewel Lloyd, Ariel Atkins, Chelsea Gray, Skylar Diggins-Smith. Mm-hmm. I think those, what is that? That's six players, right? No, that's five players. So those five players, I think are, are only virtual locks because I think they're just not on the same plane as Stewart and Wilson. I don't think mm-hmm. most humans are on the same plane as Stewart and Wilson. So I, that's why I put them below, but I think all of those players um, should be on the next Olympic team, mm-hmm. especially Collier, Lloyd Atkins and gray. I've run into a little bit of controversy though on Skylar Diggins Smith. So Skylar is going to be 33 um, when the two, the 2024 games roll around. Um, and I've heard some people, I've heard some fans, um, in my mentions and, and people I've talked to about this, uh, say that she's maybe not the kind of player who's going to age as well as a, as a Sue Bird has and may not be at that elite level in 2024. Obviously. Wait, 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 wait. Why not? Like, well, just she's getting, she's going, she's getting older. She's smaller. Her shooting is not as, um, She's not, she's not good of a three-point shooter. She does rely on on her ability to get inside and get into the rim. What I think, and I think this, you know, I think we agree on Skylar Diggins, but I think she's gonna be on this team. What first off, because she has the experience, and secondly, because she I think her distribution is gonna last for a long time. And I think she's also kept herself in shape really Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And I think, I think she, she'll still have that speed come 2024. I don't think she's going to be on the 2028 team of spoilers on that, but the 2024 team, I think she's pretty safe, but I want to get your opinion on uh, Skylar. Well, number one, you know, I, I think she has waited so long for the chance to play on this national team. And, you know, she has been very transparent with, you know, when she first came into the WNBA, how she had to make so many adjustments and get herself together uh, mentally and physically for what the game was all about. And that next year, she got most improved player in the league. So this is a player who knows what it takes. And for her to earn a roster spot, you know how hard it was to earn a Mm -hmm. roster spot on this team for Tokyo? I mean, it's going to be hard for all of the players. Like we want, I mean, outside outside of Stewie and Asia, it's going to be tough for everybody else. Like, honestly, and not to say that, that there's a reason that they shouldn't be. No, there's going to be in another three years, there's going to be a new crop of players and it's going to be tougher. And I get it. So speaking specifically about Skylar Diggins Smith, I mean, I think that she has now tasted the experience of having the Olympics, just like she tasted the experience of having the opportunity to be drafted into the WNBA as a rookie. And then came back as most improved the next year. I see that for her in 2024. I think yeah. she knows what it takes. I think she's going to be even more determined um, to make the roster um, because she didn't get big minutes in Tokyo on the court because Sue Bird, 40 year old Sue mm-hmm. Bird, okay, was killing it. And I get it and has been there five times over. I'm not shading the minutes on the court i will say that her experience with usa basketball is not lost on me in terms of her track record of of being afforded an opportunity to do something and then learning from that and then the next time out kicking it in the butt and (laughs) and crushing it kicking it in the butt and crushing it i mean that's what she does so i'm 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 for her i mean let's check the box for me for Skylar Diggins-Smith 
to be on that team in Paris in 2024. And I think that she's going to be the player, just like she was in her sophomore season in the WNBA, new, improved, experienced, ready, leader for that team. I I see that in her. And if Sue Bird can play until she's 40, then... Darn it, everybody can do it. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, not that like, everyone wants to do I it. Say, I, but I'm you, not gonna, you don't, don't have to want to play until 40, just I for know, the record. But, yeah, true. But I guess let's take age aside. I mean, I mean, I know that's a factor, but I, I just think that honestly that she's she's learned, you know, from this this Tokyo experience what it takes. And I don't think she's done playing on the Olympic level. Also, I'm just gonna say it like that. Nowadays. 33 is really not that old. You know, 30, no. like, didn't now she just turn 31? Didn't she just turn 31 while they were over there? Oh, yeah. Double she check that. Yes. So she'll be 34. She'll which turn is still- 30. So, okay, this, this was a prop. So I had to calculate it for the day that the games start. I had to do that because if not, all the ages got really weird. So Skyler, <laughs> Skyler is 33 when these games start, okay? That's what, okay. We're gonna, there we go. We're gonna, ta- we're gonna take that year off. Yeah, her birthday's August second, and the uh, the twenty twenty four games believe begin on July twenty sixth, twenty twenty four. I'm gonna so go she- ahead and book that hotel. I'm going. <laughs> 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 Thanks for the yeah. date. So I put that in my phone. <laughs> so she, I, I I agree. I think she, at thirty three is really not that old. I think she's gonna age pretty well. I think she also got the lay of the land, like you said, like. Being a point mm-hmm. guard is difficult because you need the lay of the land to see how Absolutely. everything is. So I, I do. I think she'll be back if she wants to. Not everyone wants to, you know, go and be away from their families for this for this long and all that. Although, hopefully, next time they won't have to be actually. I was going to say, I hope right. they can go to Paris with us. <laughs> uh, so then I have a category for Brittany Griner that is actually titled "If She Wants to." I only put that because I know uh, Brittany took a mental break last season. Uh, she left yeah. the bubble, took a mental break, and she said how much better she feels, both you know, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, right. So I think it could be a chance for her to take break. She already has two gold medals. Um, she will also be 33 years old at the day of the game start. So you know, I could see it happening. Obviously, if Brittany Griner wants to play, she will be on the team. <laughs> but I just wanted to put throw that in there that yeah, she's a player that I could see saying, you know, maybe this isn't for me this time, especially if she feels that this team is in good hands. Um, right, right, right. Then I have I, a category. I like Griner's team. Oh, go ahead. Oh, my God, yes. Sorry. No, no. We could talk about Brittany Griner. We should. She had 30 points, right? It ended up being exactly. 30. Yeah. She had 30, 30. points against Japan. Uh, yeah. It helps when you're eight inches taller than everyone else. Uh, that is certainly helpful. I, I think, you know, I feel that the courage that whoever Japan had, the, Japan had sent a lot at Brittany Griner, and it was a courageous defense. Yeah, yeah. But they're eight inches shorter. So it wasn't, uh, it was very difficult for them to get any sort of footing on Brittany Griner, and she dominated. Um, and I think she also, she had a little fun. She was taking some mid-rangers. Um, I know. Which, soft, soft touch too. Good was, stuff. She has it. How do you feel about Brittany Griner mid-rangers? Because I know, like, she can hit them well. Mm-hmm. But there's that old-school part in my brain of when I see someone who is so big and so strong and so gifted down low that I'm just yelling, please go down to the post. See, see you have to, you have to uh, read the room on this one, Gabe, because I, I was a – uh, jump shooter, but I wasn't like I, I didn't have a power game, so I, uh, take I that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying the CEDD, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that everyone needs to do it, <laughs> yeah. But no, I think, I think she has to have that, right? I mean, just yeah, that balance, but I mean, she was killing. I mean, I don't think she missed a shot for several minutes in that game in a mm-hmm. row. Um, she was just like you said, in dominating fashion in the paint, but I think she's added that to her game. I think she's added uh, really great footwork to get to those mid-range shots as well. Like she has a quick spin on her shot. I remember early on, she was working with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, yeah. on uh, on some things, the baby hook, like just getting her footwork down in the paint. And, you know, he didn't rely on, 
you know, he was his size and he didn't necessarily rely on power game only. No. Um, and he had the sky hook more than he had a jumper, but still it was mid range. So, I mean, you have to, you know, you have to have some, some balance to your game because if you have just that one thing, then they can take it away, even though they didn't really take it away from Griner yeah. in that game. <laughs> but I think when they did try to bring bodies to her, you know, show her more than single coverage, I thought she made good reads and she did have the ability to knock in those mid range shots. So you don't want to be, um, you know, just boxed into this is, this is what I do. And that's it. Like, this is what I can do. You take that away. I can do this as well, mm -hmm. you know? So, and, and be efficient. It's not that she was pulling those and settling. It was like, no, I can hit these too. And so I thought that that was, I don't know. For me, I, I like the balance and the versatility of, of Griner at six, nine, uh, turnaround jumpers mid range, but that's like my favorite shot. Yeah. <laughs> I love a turnaround jumper mid range. So, but that's just me. No, I know. I know you're right. I know you're right. But it's just that the, the old school <laughs> part of me of, of like a fan, just like, Please, just go down. You know, ah, no one shows that tall. You know, right? Like that's that's how that's what it really is. Is like if I was that tall, I would just sit there and and yeah. hook. But that's why she's way better than I will ever be at basketball. Um, I say to me, but I, I did want her to get a dunk though. I will say I to to your point, I did want her to get in there and, and yam on somebody one time. I would. <laughs> I would, I would love that. <laughs> she's been doing what? it this season too. She's she been has. Doing That's why I was waiting. I was waiting. I was like, just drop step and yam it on somebody one time. <laughs> just one time. I was waiting on her. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, you're going to get ready to be mad at me, but just uh -oh. before. So okay. I, have a, I have a maybe aging out category. That is Sylvia Fowles and Tina Charles. Okay. Okay. So I, I see your face. I see your face. Chrissy, Chrissy's <laughs> making a face at me. Uh, all right. So I, I have Fowles here because she's 38. She also has said that this is her last Olympics, as I mentioned. So not crazy to have Sylvia Fowles in this group. I do think she may come back just because she only had, she has four gold medals. She could get a fifth. Um, and especially, you know, if you look down the line for the U S there's not um, as much center competition um, right. at, for, for a player of, of Sylvia's ilk of, of that sort of big bruising center. So I think she could be back and she could be necessary on this team. I don't, I don't think said that that'll be the case when we get to 2024, but it's a possibility. Right. Tina, Tina's here just cause Tina's 35. Uh, Tina will be 35 in 2024. So uh, I think a lot of people didn't expect her to make this team, but I think she really played her way onto the team this year. So she, yeah. because she's at this MVP level right now, and, you know, she's not, it's not like this was a legend spot for Tina, this in 2020. Mm -hmm. She earned this spot because she was too good in the WNBA to be denied a spot on the Olympic team. Right. So my, my point with here was that I think she will be back on 2024 because she'll be playing in DC and hopefully um, continuing to age and add to her game as she get older. So I have her in this category, but I do have her on my final roster prediction. Are you okay with that? Or are you mad at me? Oh man. I think I have my eyebrow raised and the other one not raised right now. <laughs> the rock. At you. That's the face I was making. Um, I, I, you know, it's hard to tell. That's again, like even like the question with, with Skylar Dickens Smith, it's almost like the same in that, it's going to be tough for anyone to make that 2024 roster. Okay. Um, Tina Charles, like the emotion that we saw, was that her figuring like how many more times do I have to experience this? Was mm -hmm. she thinking that? And I don't know. That's something that we, we need to ask her when she returns with the mystics soon here, but man, I, I think she could definitely be a key piece for that 2024 team. I think she's just so invaluable with, with what she's able to do with the basketball. I mean, she leads the WNBA in scoring this season, you know, the first half of the year. Can she sustain that for three more seasons and not necessarily leading the league and scoring for the next three years, but can she be as efficient um, with everybody 
coming back into the fold with the Mystics and her not having to take as many shots, which she has said she didn't want to take that many mm-hmm. shots. But she knows that that's helping um, the team. So I just think with with her, I think Tina Charles can be on that roster in, in 2024. And I think, you know, with her experience, that would be her fourth that would be her fourth one. And mm-hmm. I think that would be something that the coaches would want on the team. You know, someone who has been there, done that. And, you know, since we won't be seeing the services of Bird and possibly Tarasi, even though she said she would be there in Paris, I think that would um, behoove them to keep her on the roster for that experience factor. I agree with that. I agree with that. And that also, really, when the U.S. needed a bucket, when the U.S. needed a bucket, there was, there was a couple times, but the main one, when they needed a bucket against France, that was the time that the United States needed a bucket more than any other time in the Olympics. The person that got it was Tina Charles to keep France at bay and to keep the U.S. up comfortably heading into the final stretch of that game. Tina Charles hit two giant threes in that game, so I, I agree. I think her experience and the fact that her game is going to continue to grow, which is which mm-hmm. is a fun thing to think about, Um for, for a player of Tina's not not only age, but stature, you know, a lot of people will get to where Tina is and say, I don't need, you know, I'm good enough. I don't need to continue adding. That's not the type of person she is. She's been adding to her game. I, I expect that to continue. Um, so she stays healthy and she wants to. I, I see no reason for her not to be on the team. Uh, and then you mentioned Bird and Tarasi. They're in their own category for aging out. And I, I believe, I don't think, I don't think Diana's going to be back in Paris just because there's already a growing list of injury concerns. Um, I'm just, I, she's going to be 40, 42. Yeah. She's going to be 42 uh, when the Paris games start. So that's why I have uh, bird Tarasi and fouls are my three players that are not returning from team USA in Tokyo to team USA in Paris. So we got three spots to fill here. And obviously there's going to be more spots that come up, right? You know, I think when you look at the 2016 team to this team, you wouldn't have expected so much attrition, you know, McCautry's injury, uh, Deladon's injury. You know, there's going to be players on this list who unfortunately will not be able to join the team in Paris. But just projecting it out from now, the expected ones are Bird, Tarassi, and Fowles. So I got three names to replace those three. Okay. So... The first one I don't think is controversial at all, and that would be Enrique Agumboala. So Enrique, yeah. Team USA, Team USA knows all about Enrique. She put up 26 points on them in the WNBA All-Star game. Uh, I mean, she is the exact perfect replacement for Diana Taurasi in on Team USA. She's a bucket getter. She's going to get yeah. buckets. So I think Enrique is perfect. Any any comments or uh, objections to that? No, I agree. I mean, Arike is ready and she is so clutch. And with her on the floor, I think, you know, Chelsea Gray, both of them have that that clutch gene. They want those moments. But boy, having them both on the court at the same time, that's something that is very intriguing to say the least. But I think Arike, I mean, she's on the young side. She is ready for that moment. And it's only three years away as opposed to being four. I I think she has merely scratched the surface to Mm -hmm. what she could be for the game. And she'd be ready for that USA level. No doubt about it. She was ready for it this year. She could have She really was. (laughs) And she She was ready. she has a ton of Team USA experience. She's ready for these moments. Uh, also, well, the trans- in transition, this team with Wale, mm-hmm. with Stewart, with Wilson, you know, with Collier, like this is a transition nightmare. It's going to be up and down. It's going to be really fast paced, I hope, uh, if Wale yeah. is actually on the team. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about how the WNBA All-Star team led by Enrique Agumawale mm-hmm. beat the U.S. team. And she was a big reason why. She's a big reason why, man. She is a killer. She's a dog. And you have to respect that. And yes, she's been she's been ready. But I would love to see her with USA across her chest as well. I would too. No, I think we're going to. We're definitely going to. Um, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. Dave Rick is going to be on this team. As soon as there's a spot, 
I think she's the first yeah. call. Yeah. So, so my second player on this team, I don't think should be controversial, um, but it might be because I have a Landell done making the 2024 team. If we took out injuries from the equation, this is not a difficult decision whatsoever. No. I mean, this is right. one of the best players in league history. She's been in 2019, she had her best season ever. Uh, however, she does have her back injuries. The, the, that back injury is tricky. It is long. Um, and she's just starting to come back and feeling good. And those, the, it was really encouraging to hear um, what yes. Elena had to say in her press conference the other day of, of how well she's feeling and how she's feeling like herself out there a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But we don't know necessarily what we're um, getting from Elena Daldon going forward just because of these injuries. And so we see it and we see her back to where we know she can be. It's going to, mm-hmm. that question mark's going to hang over her head. But I think, I think she's going to be healthy. I think she's done everything she can take care of her body. She's still only going to be another player that's going to be 33 years old um, in 2024. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think I, sometimes I forget that Skylar, Elena Daldon, and Brittany Griner are in the same draft. Neither right. Over there. Neither here nor there. But she should be in her late prime if she's healthy. And I think adding her to this team is yet another perfect addition to create the space for Wilson and Saad. No doubt. And, you know, listening to her, like you said, on that, on that presser, you can tell how much the game means to her, Elena mm-hmm. Deladon. I mean, at the beginning of, of what she was saying, you know, that it was just so great to just play again, you know, and just to be back with her teammates again. And you could hear it in her voice, how, special the game is to her spirit and everything that she does as a competitor. And she did get a taste in the 2016 games in Rio, got that gold medal. And again, I think there's something to that. You know, you don't just want to do it one time and say, okay, that was fun next time. And we'll see. Good luck to the rest of you guys. No, I think she is a a fierce competitor who has fought her way through so many injuries. I mean, she was a, just a, a bionic woman in the finals in 2019 with the, mm-hmm. you know, the face guard for her nose, the bone bruise in her knee and three herniated disc in her back. And yet still came out with a double, double and, and a championship that season. So let's, let's be, let's be cognizant of, of what her medal is. And it's not the gold medal. It's the medal on the inside of Deladon that we need to be uh, discussing. And she always says, you know, I'm, I'm going to go all out 100%. I'm never going to be able to hold back mm-hmm. because that's just who I am. I'll never come off the court unless they say, hey, that's enough for today. But in 2024, man, I know that she wanted to be on this team. Oh yeah, She wanted to be on this team in Tokyo. Trust and believe. You know, she wanted to follow up that 2016 gold medal run. So another player who will have that hunger to get to Paris and she's going to be ready, hopefully physically as mentally. I mean, there's no question how much she wants to be on that roster. And I I just think health is going to be the only thing that, that keeps her off of it. If there's an issue with at that point, you know, and, and like you said, backs are tricky. I mean, we saw that with, you know, Larry Bird at the end of his career, like he, you know, and he said like, you can't move anything if your back mm-hmm. isn't right, but she is, she's ready now though. And, and that's what remains to be seen. So we'll just yeah. continue obviously to keep an eye on Elena Deladon and, and what she looks like in the next couple of years. But you best believe, I know that she would have said yes. If they asked her this year to play, yeah. <laughs> she wouldn't have told them no. Yeah, no, and that's, and that's, and that's why I have, like, it's what you said. The, the only thing that's going to hold her back is health. The only thing that's going to hold Landell down back is health. Cause she'll be plenty good. She's going to be, yes. she's going to be a, one of these players, I think who ages perfectly for, for the modern mm-hmm. basketball. You know, if she's healthy, I think she's got a long, and this is what she said too. She says, I'm planning to have a yeah. long career ahead of me. A lot of years of basketball ahead of me. Um, and I think it will include this because if she's feeling, yeah. you know, She's not someone who's going to come out here and say just like, oh, I feel great for, for everyone else's sake. So I think that was a great sign to hear her say that. And I think she hopefully will be on the Paris team. That's that's And that's certainly, you know, that's not putting anything on her. I think if EDD said also like, 
I need breaks now right. because of it. I think that's totally fair too. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, it, I, I will see. It's yet to be seen, but I'm betting on her making it. My yeah. next pick, though, I know is controversial. Uh oh. But I don't think it should be. I don't think this should be controversial, but I believe it is. I have Sabrina and Eskew on the 2024 Paris team. Chrissy's making another face. So <laughs> here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Okay, so, talk to me. Uh, she she's only 23 years old, and yes, she has not the the hype on an SQ was insane. There's never been. I mean, there's very few athletes I can remember in basketball players really who have had that level of hype on you to be the face of the league and the best put you know best player in the league from day one. She hasn't been, right. but she's been really good. And you have to replace Sue Bird. And there's not a lot of point guards who have that sort of passing ability at her potential, at, at, at what she can do at her potential. If she hits it, I don't think there's many players that have the passing ability that Sabrina Nesky has. And on top of that, Carol Callan has already said that uh, Nesky is going to be a big part of the USA program going forward. So that's why I think she still has the inside track. I, I, I just think it's a, I'm betting on Anescu developing because uh, I think she's going to get to where we all think she can get to when she's healthy. And I think that's hopefully going to come in the second half of the season. But see, I know it's controversial, but what do you, what do you think about um, that? Or do you want me to give you the other players I considered before we talk, before we talk just about my last pick? No, I, I think, you know, if – Carol Callan said that, yeah, she's going to be in the mix. Then, I mean, she's in the mix. Like right now, she's in the mix for the 20. She was in the mix for the three on three team as well. She, she would have, right. uh, she was going to be participating in that had it not been for the pandemic. And then um, a little bit you know, with, with her injuries, um, she would have been on that three on three team, but continue. Sorry. Right. No, you're good. I just think, you know, it, it's another one that just kind of remains to be seen. I mean, three years from now, um, I think Chelsea Gray is a player who's a great passer. Uh, oh, Chelsea who, Gray's on the team. I have Chelsea Gray. Oh, you've team. already said she's on there. Okay. I was like, Every, everyone's back for- besides Tarasi, Fowles, and uh, Burt. Okay. 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 Let me make sure I'm oh, all right. Let me get myself. And for the record, I have, Chelsea, I have Chelsea Gray starting <laughs> on this team okay, as well. Yeah, okay. If I'm picking that. All right. All right. I'm just making sure now because, you know, but I just think, you know, we have to have more than one. I mean, all coaches know you have to have, I mean, you would like to have more than one point guard mm-hmm. that can handle pressure, that can score the ball, but that can make plays for the team by setting the table up. And I think Sabrina Nescu checks all those boxes, obviously. Um, you know, her rookie season is unfortunate. She played two and a half games before that ankle injury. And then it's, it's kind of kept her out of a little bit of action in the first half of this season. And again, health, I hate saying that because it's just, I mean, it's an intangible, like, it's like we, we can't tell what that's going to look like in three years, but if she can stay healthy and continue to gain experience and, and be the player we know she can be on a consistent basis in the WNBA, I mean, USA basketball is no question going to be a place for her in 2024. And will she and Chelsea Gray run the show? Well, absolutely. Will I be cheering hard, like in person in Paris? Sorry to keep saying that, but when, I when, when we go to Paris, yes, yeah, when we're going, um, I I will definitely be cheering for both of them. Um, but I just think, you know, Sabrina, she's got to stay healthy, and okay. she's got to be ready to. She's got to, and she's got to be ready to, you know, every year get better. So right now, so right now, I'm guessing you're going to have, if you're picking someone over Sabrina right now. My guess would be it's Kelsey Plum, right? Yes. Okay. That's so okay. That, so Kelsey, I think Plum's got to be out there too. I'd love, I love Kelsey Plum. And first off, if she wants to, if they want to just keep the three on three team together, I think that's mm-hmm. also great. I think that'd be a great idea just to keep that three on three team together going forward. But if they, if Kelsey wants to, if they, she's going to try out for the five on five team, obviously. The thing right. with Kelsey is, you know, I think. She didn't quite have the hype of Anescu coming out of college, but she definitely had some of that. You know, all-time leading scorer in NCAA history, she would have been she, – she was planning to be this 
transformative superstar for the uh, San Antonio Stars to move to LA to Las Vegas and now have a right. new team. And I think her Achilles injury kind of took away a year where I think she could have been um, really developing. So the, right. my, my only thing with Kelsey is, yeah, she's playing great in the WNBA and she's playing, she played great on the three on three, but my career projection for her is just not quite as, um, as high as an And I think she's not far enough in front of an for me right now to put her over. Yeah, no, I know. I agree. I, I just, you know, the way that she did, uh, with the three V three team, I don't know. I, I, I just love how, physically she responded to the Achilles injury and, yeah. you know, and obviously, yes, that, that did probably uh, weigh into her not making the five V five team this year. But I just think, you know, the way she surveys, the way she got herself back together, I mean, having playmakers on the court is, is an advantage and not just setting up teammates, but, the ability to score when you can, like she mm-hmm. just has that knack. Like she just has that vision on the court that a lot of players don't have. So I just think, you know, with having all three, like you said, I think is it's definitely going to be a benefit for USA basketball. So my last question here, there's three players that I have not mentioned that I think most people will mention. Leah Boston, Paige Beckers, Caitlin Clark. Those three college players took the, mm-hmm. The season by storm and Haley Jones. I, sh- I probably should have put Haley Jones in my article, but um, those four players really, you know, took the um, the season by storm. Took tournament by storm. They all have Team USA experience. They all project as future Team USA members. Mm-hmm. I don't have I don't have any of them on my main roster for this Team USA because they're all going to be twenty two years old ish. So yeah. there's only been, I want to here, here's what my first question, only three players in, uh, in team USA history since WNBA was founded in 1997 have made the Olympic team at 22 years or younger. Do you know who they are? Oh, buddy. Um, Teresa Edwards. No, but that's, that's great guys. But oh, that's pretty good. So, Wait, she, oh. she was on the 96 team. So this is from 2000 and on. So oh, in the WNBA. I'm trying to think of, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was trying to think of like the youngest players. And I know yeah. Edwards was one of, one of the younger players when she first she started. Um, how about, how about Tamika Ketchies? No, no. So I'll, ah. I'll give them to you. That's, All right. Uh, help me out. I'm struggling. Clearly the, I struck out twice there. The first one is Brianna Stewart in 2016, who was ah. 21 years old, 21 years old. Wow, uh, on that, which is crazy. Uh, Candace Parker in 2008 and Diana Taurasi in 2004. Wow. So oh. that's a hell of a list. That is. And I love Boston, Beckers, Clark, throw in Jones, throw in any, throw in AZ Fudd if you really want to, any, any of these youngins. I don't want, I don't think we're quite ready to put them in the conversation with Stuart Parker and Tarasi. Not quite yet. Um, not quite yet. Not but quite. Eventually, I think, you know, when those players that you mentioned get some WNBA experience under their belts and then go overseas and play and get some of that under their belts, then absolutely bona fide, ready to go. But I just think, yeah, it's got to put it in the oven a little longer. Cook it a little, put some more time on the on the timer. <laughs> if it was 2025, if these Olympics were actually in four years rather than three, mm. it, I may be singing a different tune. I have Boston here listed as an injury replacement because she may have, I believe, because she's going to, uh, she's older than Beckers or Clark. Um, she's a, mm-hmm. she's a junior. Those two are sophomores. So she should have a year or half a year of WNBA experience under her belt heading into those Olympic right. games. So I wouldn't be shocked to see her there. And like I mentioned before, the center, the center depth for the U S program is, um, is not quite as deep. So it, there's not, there's not as many centers to buy for. And I think getting someone like Boston into the U S system into an Olympics early would be huge. Right. So I have her as the injury replacement. Yeah. I just think they're going to be, 
they're going to be a little young. They're going to be a little young for 2024. And I know that was the first thing I, I put, I put out a question on Twitter of who do you think is going to be on the team in 2024? And everyone, it was Becker's Clark, Boston, Becker's Clark, Boston, Haley Jones wow. should, should be in all those answers as well. I still think she's going to be a little too young come 2024. Yeah. Yeah. But they'll, they'll be ready. Eventually they'll have their turn. <laughs> they'll have their turn. They'll have, and they, you know, it's going to be cool. Cause what we saw with this team with bird and Tarasi, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of felt like it was an official passing of the torch to Stuart and Wilson. Like, yeah, this is yours now. Well, yeah. Someday, someday it's going to be Stuart and Wilson handing off the torch to, Whoever, right? Maybe the Beckers, next. maybe Clark, <laughs> maybe Fudd, maybe, maybe any of these amazing players that are coming into women's basketball and making their mark. Um, no and, doubt. You know, it's, it, I, I'm really excited for the next, you know, all Team USA basketball is fun to watch and great. And everyone should tune in for the World yeah. Cup, which is in 2022. Um, right. I that's, or is it in 2022 or 2023? I forget. Oh, I thought it's it was 22, but. Yeah, it might be. It might be twenty. I don't know if they changed the road. I don't know. I don't know when anything's happening now. Um, <laughs> but I'm really excited just to see how this Olympics. I think this one is is a turning point for Team USA. And it's gonna mm-hmm. be interesting to see how how we go about the next you know twenty years with this program. Right. Right. I mean, we've seen the dominance, and you know, the last seven Olympic games, and it's just been simply amazing from beginning to end for them. And it's, it's just amazing to, to know that the sacrifice, as I said at the beginning, the sacrifice that they put out for not just themselves, but for the game and, you know, the love of the game and they, they sacrifice so many things. You heard Tarasi say that after the game, like we sacrifice being with our families, travel overseas, play year round with USA basketball and, and now they get a chance to enjoy their families, which you have to love that as well. I know uh, Tarasi and, and Penny Taylor are expecting a second baby. And so, uh, so I just think, you know, everyone has, you have chapters in your life and you just have to gracefully um, accept each one of them when they come. And that's the same. That's the same for a program like Team USA. Um, and now we did talk a lot about Team USA, so we're, we're, we're pushing up against the end of this podcast um, without talking about the Commissioner's Cup, which is tomorrow night. Um, well, tonight, probably, when you're listening to this. It'll be Thursday night. Um, right. you, may have, you may already know what happened in this game. But <laughs> Connecticut versus Seattle, quickly. Uh, this is for the Commissioner Cup final. This is the final. These two teams worked their way there. Uh, I haven't All seen right. any... I haven't seen any injury news. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, I guess, I mean, we're only two two days away from um, the actual regular season coming back. So I'm thinking everyone's going to play. However, quick pick. Who you got? Seattle or Connecticut? And who, I don't know if they gave out an MVP for this. I don't, I have no clue. So pick an MVP. Oh, wow. I'm going to go, first of all, I'm going to go with Connecticut in this game. And reasoning behind that is, you know, Tokyo. <laughs> I think, you know, with Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird and them, Jewel Lloyd, I mean, that was, that was quite something uh, physically and to get back and get right into the fold and get that chemistry up in, in a day and a half in practice. And not to, I mean, they they know what they're doing. It's not like it's a mystery to them, but I just think that that may serve to be the difference in the game, not having them fully rested and, and recovered to play at, at full tilt in that contest. So I'm going with Connecticut in that one and MVP. I'm going with John Quell Jones, John Quell. It's uh, do it. I, I agree. Uh, I think John Quell, I mean, I, I know it was a long time ago. It feels like a really long time ago, the WNBA all-star game, but she absolutely dominated in that game. Um, her and Arika complete dominance in that game. So, um, yes. I think though I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Connecticut. I think John Quell is going to have a huge game, and I think the fatigue factor for Seattle is going to be a big problem because not only do you have those three players who played on the Olympic team, you have Kaylee Samuelson who had to mm-hmm. who was a little sick with COVID. She was vaccinated, luckily, so it wasn't as bad of a of, a, of an illness. So 
should be right. back. But you know, that's that's a that's a lot to deal with, um, especially when she thought she was going to go to Tokyo. So I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle needs a you know a couple of days to kind of settle in. I'm sure actually they're probably happy to have this game, you know, because mm-hmm. then you get settled in for a game that, no offense to the Commissioner's Cup, doesn't super matter for. Does not matter at all. In fact, for the playoff standings, standings, yeah, yeah. the standings, yep. Which you know, hey, the commissioners' cup. I forget how much money they're getting. Uh, it's a substantial amount, and that's great. But I'd rather win the title at the end of the year. That's a lot better. Right. Uh, that's, so that's the real cup, right? No. Yeah. yeah so but this I won't is be great. It's it's exciting though. You know, I think just to have this uh, opportunity for them to to put their their, this game on the line for such a great cause. I think it's, it's really going to be a lot of fun to see, but I, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm calling Connecticut in that one. <laughs> Me too. And we I'm agree. Calling, you say you totally agree. I totally agree. I love it, but you know what? I totally agree with that. This was a great conversation. <laughs> once again, <laughs> sitting courtside with you, my friend on courtside with Christian Gay right here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast network and make sure you subscribe, listen and comment and make sure that you check us out again next week as the WNBA season gets going for the second half and that playoff push is real folks. So stay right there with us as we lead you and guide you into possible postseason play for a lot of these great teams. So until next time, I'm Christy Winter Scott for Gabe Ibrahim. See you later. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.